Welcome everybody to the Degenerational Talent Podcast. This is the brainchild of a group of degenerate gamblers. We really only know sports, but we're definitely in the market to convince you otherwise. Uh, with me this week, I had Dave and Justin, and I mean, we didn't have a bad week last week. We, we didn't have a great week, but we didn't have a bad week. Um, our consensus was right around 500, our majority was a little under, but hey, we're still up on the year numbers wise as a group uh, a couple of us are looking better in other categories than others but we're still we're still hanging in there so far um what, you guys got any thoughts on last week i was it was surprising some of the some of the losses and well nfl wise were surprising a lot of bad um flags and penalties called or missed altogether. I think that's really kind of tie, tied into some of these games of not going so well. Yeah, I just bitter about Penn State losing, but that's my only complaint about last week. Yeah, Penn State got fucking demolished. I can't like they thought they were supposed to be a top top seven team. You know, I just thought they were better than they were. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just I, I what think... James Franklin does to you. So. I feel like Ohio State just wore down their defense. That's what that's what happened. I mean, Penn State couldn't do they couldn't do dog shit on offense. They couldn't do anything on offense. I mean, and sometimes you just gotta throw it deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think they have the receivers. I think the the commentator the, the commentators even said, and I I agree, they don't have a that that star receiver. To throw it to, and Ohio State just relied on the back of Marvin Harrison Jr. and he took over. He was the X factor yeah, that game. Oh, 100%. Hard to stop him. <clears throat> no, he's he's one hell of a receiver, man. Like no, his so, father I mean, before him. The two two big things I think that come out of all this. Uh, number one for college football coming out of this is. The first college football playoff rankings come out next week. That'll be next Tuesday. Uh, we'll see those. I mean, I don't. I don't imagine we'll see anything crazy happen this weekend. Um, yeah, the top four will probably still be, or at least the top three of uh, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. I'm pretty sure that that's like the guaranteed. Like three, those three are in, and then it's going to be like. More than likely Florida State at four, but with like Washington and Ohio, Oklahoma like knocking on the door there. Yeah. Then we also have pretty big thing out of college football right now is this whole Michigan thing with the sign stealing too. Well, and the the funny part about this, I think, is that. There isn't, there's isn't a rule against sign, stealing signs. And almost every college coach at this point has come out and said, people steal signs. Like, n- people steal signs. It's a, it's a thing. Everybody does it. That's, you guys got to stop freaking out about that. And it's just devolving and devolving into just the most ridiculous stuff. Because now it's, this guy worked on his own to create, 
a new image for like he was trying to create this new image of what Michigan football would be in the future with recruiting and stuff and he had like this 200 page manifesto about how to turn around and change Michigan football for the like next 20 to 30 years or something like that so it was like ridiculous yeah I haven't read too much up into it. It just it just seems like a little thing that they're just trying to blow up. Yeah, the the conspiracy mill is twirling that uh, this is all like something Ohio State like is you know Ohio State propaganda out there like turning people against Michigan. I don't know. I don't know if that's that, that's a little much, but it's definitely possible. Definitely possible. So, but I mean, it's upcoming weekend. I think we got some good games. Uh, definitely, I mean, we probably have one of the you know biggest rivalries in the South this weekend. Maybe I don't know. I've I've heard rumors that it's up there, uh, but you know, the other one would probably be the Red River Shootout or the Iron Bowl. But I mean, the largest out, outdoor cocktail party is pretty hard to beat. So, yeah. but coming up this week, I mean, we, we could start on. Thursday night because that's when Justin's team is playing. Uh, we got Syracuse who's four and three, three three and one against spread plus one twenty at Virginia Tech going into Lane Stadium on a Thursday night. Who's three and four, four and three against the spread, minus one forty two with two and a half point favorites and a forty seven over under. So I mean to start off, I, I'm taking Syracuse to cover. Kind of seems like the game that Syracuse would cover, and I think Virginia Tech might be being at three and four, but I mean they beat Pitt, so can't say too much. Yeah, I, I, I want to lean towards Tech just because you know biased, but I just think I just think Syracuse is a better team. I think Tech's still trying to figure shit shit out. I don't trust them to beat the Syracuse team, so I just take Syracuse on the line. Yeah, my I couldn't be I couldn't really determine because the a real winner on this one for me because the uh, the head to heads last ten games were kind of even, but the the thing that brought up to my uh, that I saw was the average the average score was over fifty points, so um, that's why I I changed it. Well, I actually had under forty seven, but I meant to put over forty seven. I think forty seven is going to be low number. Considering the average score is 24 to 32. So, you know, I think the over is a safe bet on this one because the spread's kind of too small to really pick a winner. But obviously someone's going to win. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I get that. So, I mean, somebody, somebody's got to win. I, I don't even know that Syracuse necessarily wins. I just, that's why I had to take the plus two and a half. I think they just yeah, cover. Yeah. Is is my thing. It's and sure that's only two points away from winning, but that's just how I feel. I, I don't know. I just don't feel confident in that they'll win. I just feel confident that they'll cover. Well, if, if they if they cover, then I think they yes, I think they win. I, I think realistically but, uh, they would yes, but you never know. But to Mitch to Mitch's um, testament, I I do think that the the over is going to hit. I mean, I think. Like he said, the average scores over the last ten is like fifty points. So I think the the line right now seems kind of low. So I do I do believe that 
the over should easily hit on this one. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets higher over before Saturday. Or when they play? Just depend. Yes. Uh, they play tomorrow. Saturday. Thursday. Tomorrow night. That's right. Yep. And so, but moving on to Saturday, you got a noon game. This is this is this one's for you and Mitch Dave here. Uh, it's gonna be Indiana, who's two and five, three and four against spread plus three thousand at number ten Penn State, six and one, six and one against spread minus ten thousand. They are minus thirty two favorites with a forty four and a half over under. Um, I mean, the funny part about this to me is the over under being forty four and a half and like the spread being thirty two. They just really think that Indiana's not going to score a point, which I actually almost believe. I very easily could see Penn State covering and this going under. But for the sake of this, we all, we have our majority here at PSU minus 32. Uh, anything you guys want to add on that? Yeah, I, no, I, that should be to, yeah I, I was tempted to take Indiana plus the 32 because but because Indiana plays Penn State kind of tough typically, but I think they're going to bounce back from Ohio State and just roll over these guys, try to prove their dominance. Yeah, I agree. So we're moving on to the game spoken about earlier, the largest outdoor cocktail party here, 3.30 p.m., so that's a neutral site game. It's in Jacksonville. It's going to be number one Georgia as the away team who are 7-0, and but Georgia is only 1-5-1 and against the spread. Minus six fifty favorites. Florida's the home team, five and two, three and four against spread, plus four seventy, a fourteen and a half point spread. So Florida plus fourteen and a half over under forty nine. I it, the one five and one against spread is a hundred percent why I took Florida plus fourteen and a half. Um, I Florida is in that very fraud like they're in fraudulent territory right now where. They could just as easily beat Georgia as they could just get absolutely demolished by them. Like it kind of seems like it's going to be one or the other. Like this will not. Oh, like I mean, I took Florida plus fourteen and a half, but something tells me this game won't be very close at the end, or at least it won't feel close. It may the score may be close, but it seems like Georgia doesn't turn it on until the second half. So. Yeah, I just think Georgia's going to manhandle you guys. That's just my thoughts. I don't think Florida's completely found themselves, and I think Georgia is starting to click on all all cylinders. I just – I think Georgia just ruled you all. Well, there is no Brock Bowers, by the way. I know. So. It's going to be a big – I think it's going to be a big McConkey, and um, I, I can't remember the, the running back name. Yeah, I, I chose Georgia minus the points, fourteen and a half too. I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. They're, it's like Justin said, they're starting to click. It may be just a blowout before the second, before the second half starts this time, because they might be more amped to, to play against Florida. I mean, they're they are seven and zero against them. Um, but yeah, just like AJ said, they're one and five against the spreads. It's, it's kind of difficult to take the minus 14 and a half, but I think that's kind of low for, for Georgia against Florida. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like this game, it, this is one that very easily should have been like a minus 21 and a half. 
So maybe yeah. they made it minus 14 and a half just to be like, okay, guys, like, we got to give them If it was minus cover, 21 like, and a half, yeah, if it was minus 21 and a half, I would definitely be taking Florida in this. So <laughs> another game at 330 here. Hit 2 and 5, 2 and 5 against spread plus 900. At number 14, Notre Dame, 6 and 2, 5, 2 and 1 against spread minus 1600. Plus 20 and a half. Sorry, minus 20 and a half is the spread. 45 over under. I mean, the quarterback change, what one ACC ref combination would have called a first down and the other that didn't. You know, the the Bay Era is off to a hot start, in my opinion. So I think Pitt's defense can keep them close enough that it's plus 20 and a half. I mean, keep them within three scores. I think that's somewhat reasonable from this Pitt defense, especially with the problems that Notre Dame has been having somewhat on offense here and there. So I just, Pitt plus 20 and a half is what I'm taking. Yeah, I mean, y'all did look better. Um, but I do think Notre Dame is just a better team, I think. Um, <clears throat> Estime, as he hasn't been as hot-handed the last couple of games as he usually is, I think he gets he gets a rolling. Um, I think they cover the 21, like, seamlessly. I don't think they have a question about it. Yeah, I – I agree, Justin. I, I think home field plays a toll on this because Pitt usually does play Notre Dame tough, but I think Notre Dame is, at home is just going to just roll over Pitt, and I don't think Pitts, Pittsburgh is going to be able to score. All right. That's kind of a bias because I'm a Penn State guy, but yeah. I, say, I think not, not being able to score is a little, little much. Uh, Notre Dame is not a pillar of defense over there. Anything, but... All right. uh, still at 3.30 here, we have probably one of our top contenders for game day this week. Number eight, Oregon, 6-1, 5-1-1 against spread, minus 250. At number 13, Utah, 6-1, 4-2-1 against spread, plus 205. Plus 6.5, underdogs, 48 over under. This one to me... Oregon minus six and a half over 48. I think Oregon's probably going to put up 60 points themselves in this game. Uh, I think that they realize now that, you know, they dropped their game against Washington. They can't screw up now. And the only way to not screw up is to just absolutely beat the doors off everyone. So I think that's what's going to happen here. Which are capable. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, saw, I saw this is going to be uniform, uniform bet for me. I mean, Oregon. You know, uh, they're always black, nice, but black and white ones. So, you, did you see what that? they're yeah, what they're what they're wearing? I think after what happened, like yeah, Oregon's just gonna beat the dog brakes off of them. Um, they might put up they might put up the the total over under by themselves. Um, I think Oregon's just a better better team. I mean, Utah did beat USC um, again, Utah, but USC Utah has just has Lincoln Riley's number. He's zero and three against Utah but since he's been there. U- USC, their defense is just god awful. Like it's terrible, and we've already seen that Caleb Caleb Williams cannot beat a defense. <laughs> Any good defenses yeah. he struggles with, like 
I I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be the top talent. I don't think he he should ever should have been considered that. Um, but yeah, I think I think Oregon just dog dogs him. Yeah, I agree. And to your point, just about Khalib. Yes, I said it again because he is. I think he's a poser. Bo Callahan from draft day. That's anybody who wants to reference that. I that's exactly who I think about every time I hear. Caleb Williams, I think of Bo Callahan from the movie Draft Day because he's he 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 can't play if the back, conditions go aren't. Go back perfect. and watch the play after, Dave. You gotta go back yeah. and watch the play after. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so. But yeah, I actually chose Oregon too. Six and a half. It's not gonna be close. They're 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 overpowered. They they, they should be ranked higher than eighth. Speaking speaking on uniform. <clears throat> Uh, you know, uniform free wins here. Uh, it's not on our list. WVU at UCF. Uh, it's UCF's homecoming, and they are wearing special uniforms in honor of Disney World, you know, the Walt Disney 100 years as a company. And their uniforms are these, like, solid black with a light blue numbers and letters, and it says Disney U on the front. They're sick looking. So I would say what? Is UCF money. UCF's yep. UCF's I need to look this up. So just just keep that in mind. They're minus, I think, two eighty five right now. Uh yeah, minus two eighty five. But we're gonna move into our next game. Three thirty again, number twenty Duke. They are five and two, four and three against spread, plus one sixty at number eighteen, Louisville, who is six and one. Three and four against spread, minus 192. Louisville are four-point favorites, 46-point over under. I'm taking the Duke money line here. I think Duke is kind of underrated. They're, the teams that they lost to were good teams. Uh, I think they kind of actually even got robbed against Florida State. They hung in there a lot longer than they, you know, the score shows, and I think that they had a chance to win that game and put the game away, and the refs kind of, help Jordan Travis gain an extra two yards. So I think Duke can beat Louisville here. Um, so I'm just taking Duke money line. Yeah, I was on, I was on Duke money line myself. I just, I think they bounced back. Um, I thought they could have won that game last week. Um, and they're, they're good. I mean, I don't really trust them outside. Like, um, any UNC or Duke quarterback in the NFL levels, but in college they they perform, they're good. Um, and I like I like what uh, the Duke quarterbacks up like got going right now. I, I do think they can win this game. Yeah, I, I agree. Duke definitely has a chance because they're 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 definitely better than you know they're, they're, they can definitely compete. But I think you know I'm I'm going by trends here. Duke's zero three against Louisville. Uh, one and two against the spread, and the, the score is not even close whenever they play each other. I mean, I realize teams are different each year, but sometimes history never. Sometimes history does repeat itself, so that's why I chose Louisville minus four. I don't think it's. I think it might even be minus seven. That's interesting. Well, all right, moving into our last college game, we're going to talk about. We got seven thirty p.m., so not a late ten p.m game for Dion to complain about. Colorado is four and three. 
three three and one against spread plus five fifty at number twenty three UCLA five and two four and three against spread minus eight hundred UCLA are seventeen point favorites with a sixty three and a half over under I'm taking Colorado plus seventeen and under sixty three and a half uh, frankly UCLA doesn't score but I think that when Colorado plays good teams they also don't score so I think it's fair to say that they're gonna go under here and I think Colorado just stays within 17 I don't think they win I just think they stay within 17. I took Colorado to win I think this is one of those games that I I think they have more of a shot to win I don't think UCLA is as powerhouse as some of these other losses they have and I, I think they can actually get this get this win I'm gonna take Colorado on the, the upset yeah, I didn't have a clear winner. I think he, I think the win can go either way, especially the way Colorado can play sometimes. I mean, they they can hang in there. I just chose the over 63 and a half, uh, even though the average score is just about 60 points. I, I, I've learned by, by a past with Colorado, Colorado this year that they can score. And UCLA can score, too. I, I think this is going to be one of those rare instances where it's going to go over. I mean, I could, I could see it. I just, it was just my thoughts there about the under. So, I mean, we're looking at our majorities for college this weekend. We got Penn State minus 32 at home against Indiana. We got Ole Miss minus 24 and a half at home against Vanderbilt. UNC minus 11 coming off that loss to UVA at Georgia Tech. JMU minus 20. Uh, we have here as well. And then Oregon State money line is also our last one. They are at Arizona. So I mean, we're gonna move into NFL now. Fun fact here: we only have one majority pick, and it is the Monday Night Football game. So I mean, we usually save it for last, but I mean, well, <laughs> I already brought it up, so I feel like we just gotta. We're gonna do reverse order this week. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Monday Night Football here. Raiders three and four, three and four against spread plus three hundred at the Lions who are five and two, five and two against spread minus three eighty. They're minus eight uh, favorites and with a forty five and a half over under, and we all have Lions minus eight. Uh, Raiders not likely. Jimmy G starting, so I think that the Lions are probably just gonna run away with this after the loss they took last week. They kind of need to make up for some points here. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> what. What the Ravens did to the Lions, I'm projecting the Lions to do to the Raiders. That's just where I'm at with that. Yeah, and uh, not to mention Jared Goff's at home, and he plays well when he's at home. That's that's fair as well. So I mean, I we can going back from there. We got a four o'clock game. Bengals three and three. Two three and one against spread plus one ninety at the 49ers who are five and two, four and three against spread minus two thirty. 49ers are still five and a half point favorites with a forty-five point over under. I mean, are we seeing uh the situation unfolding in forty in San Francisco? Sam Darnold is likely starting this week. Because yeah, I did so, hear that Purdy's entering Purdy's in concussion protocol and the only player in the last two seasons to Start or even play in the game 
the week after they went into concussion protocol was Kenny Pickett last year. That he's the only one. Every other player that has gone into yeah, concussion protocol. Yeah, but they got a late, late game. So. Four o'clock on a Sunday? I don't know how late if that's late enough. But either way, I even if they start Brock Purdy, I think the Bengals are starting to figure it out, and that's gonna yeah. not that's not gonna go well for the 49ers because Brock Purdy's no. been playing well against teams when they're playing well. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm not I'm I, I'm looking at that. Well, you got a actually good point because that defense didn't look didn't look good at all mm-hmm. the other night actually. So I could I could actually sway my my thoughts here. So are we are we moving Bengals money line over to the over to the majority list? You want to, you want to hear my rationale, Justin, before you make the change? Yeah, let me, let me hear it. All right. So we have to remember that CMC. Christian McCaffrey is he's he's well enough to play, but he's still injured. I mean, yeah, he he, he did CMC stuff last week, but you know, it's going to be tougher with tougher teams. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and the Eagles, uh, like, they got Samuels, Samuel's out. Purdy might not start. I mean, I think Darnold maybe this could be biased a little bit because he's on my fantasy team. He's a sufficient backup. But he hasn't started a game in a little while, so you know, I just feel like the Bengals have the edge on this one. I actually chose the yeah. line on this. One. Yeah, a change, and I'll go. Uh, I'll go Bengals because the Bengals are starting to click. Um, they are, and the Forty ers are pretty banged up. So yeah, I, now that I'm looking at it, I, I'm I'm liking the Bengals a little bit more. <clears throat> There it is. So we can add the Bengals money line over to our majority now. Nice. Next, yeah, next the game. Bengals are clicking. and when, They're dangerous when they're clicking. Sorry, I had to add that in there. Yeah, not good. <laughs> uh, next next game we have is Vikings coming off that fresh win against 49ers. 3-4, 3 3-3-1 against spread, minus 115 at the Packers, who are 2-4. 3-3 three three against spread, minus 105. Mm-hmm. Packers are one point underdogs with a 43 and a half over under. Uh, I just, frankly, I see this game going under just because I see this game being very similar to that 49ers game where it's like 22 17. So it's going to be something that's like right there around like the 41 42 like total point mark, but it's going to be under. And I think the Vikings are going to win. Vikings are looking good without Justin Jefferson. Kind of weird how that's going on. And the Packers just haven't looked good at all recently, so that's. I mean, that's because Jordan Love is not not him. That's. But I'm a, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm rolling with the Vikings. I think without JJ, they're they're doing just fine. Um, <clears throat> I think that Jordan Addison is coming into his role. What they kind of drafted him to be, kind of like the the takeaway from JJ, and then obviously Hawk is. Probably the third best tight end in the league, um, and he continues to produce. I, I just think the the Vikings, even though their record doesn't reflect that, they're actually a good team. Yeah, I slightly agree that the Vikings have a chance, but you guys know me and my divisional matchups. This is one of those ones where I just couldn't. I wasn't feeling in my gut a sure winner. Because they are playing in Green Bay too, so 
I just I just chose the over 43 and a half because there's no defense on either team. And I think this is going to be whether one of those rare instances where these two teams have a shootout potentially. I think Jordan Love's going to going to bounce back and start doing Jordan Love stuff. Well, okay, maybe he should, should be excel from doing more. <laughs> Looking at our next game, we got another one o'clock game. Jaguars five and two, five and two against spread minus one forty at the Steelers four and two, four and two against spread plus one twenty four. Steelers are two and a half point underdogs at home. Forty two is the over under. I, the Steelers just keep finding a way, man, and I think that's what it just comes down to. So I'm just gonna keep riding Steelers money line uh, again. I think it's another. Sh- you know, low scoring game the way Steelers games have been because of the defense. Jaguars do have a pretty solid defense too, so I think under forty two is completely reasonable here as well. Yeah, I, I simply rolled rolled with the um the pit money line. I think um they're they're slowly finding their way again. I think the Jags are are frauds. I don't think they're as good as they Look on paper and on rosters. I, I'm just in the role with the Steelers. I think they can get it done. I like that defense more than the Jaguars' offense. Yeah, I obviously have a different opinion on that. It's still Matt Canada, still Kenny Pickett. Um, I don't think the Jaguars are necessarily the better team, but they do play Pittsburgh fairly well in their favor in the past, from what I can go by memory. That's why I chose I chose the Jags minus two and a half. I I think I just feel like NTM's gonna have a big game. And he's not on my fantasy team, so it's not biased. No, that's that's fair too. Um I I mean it's possible Etienne has a big game and they still lose though, so you know, I mean you got DJ, Ty Smith, you got everybody on defense looking solid lately. How do, yeah, but all you can do is get more middle. time. So, there's, there's yeah, but they of, just run up the middle. They're going to be good. So in our, I mean, in our backwards way here, our last game to talk about here is another Sunday 1 p.m. game. Patriots, 2 and 5, 2 and 5 against spread, plus 360. At the Dolphins, who are five and two, five and two against spread minus four seventy. Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites at home, forty seven point over under. Uh, looks so. Did it move up to ten, Justin? I see you have Dolphins minus ten. So I, I got Dolphins minus fifty. Uh, Dol- <laughs> yeah, Dolphins minus nine and a half was to me free <laughs> because the Patriots have looked even worse so, the last couple weeks. I think that they just well, like. Granted, they, the fact yes, they beat the Bills. They, they beat the Bills, but it's <laughs> it's one of those things that like I don't understand what's going on with the Bills. One week they look great, the next week they can't hit the broadside of a barn. It is the most weirdly inconsistent thing possible. So I I don't think that was a testament of how good the Patriots are. I think that was more of just the Bills tripping over themselves. Uh, it was the a division game. Dolphins aren't going to make that mistake. So. No, I don't think <clears> – <throat> but I did see that Tyreek didn't practice today. He's got a hip injury. I don't really think that really affects much. Um, 
I don't think that defense can contain the speed of this team. So I'm I'm gonna roll Miami, Miami mm-hmm. minus nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Huh. Yeah, I'm gonna be the odd one out because I know this is a divisional game and I took Patriots plus nine and a half. That's way too large of a spread for this type of a divisional matchup. I don't care about record. That the records doesn't really have no factor when it comes to these types of divisional game matchups. And they're going to find a way to get the Tua. Tua is vulnerable. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots win. I'm not going to bet on that. But I think it's a safe bet for Patriots nine and a half. They're going to control the game. I can understand why you feel that way, but I definitely still I think it's. And I hate the Patriots, by the way. But, you know. I'm a Patriots fan, and I do not agree. (laughs) Well. <laughs> I, I'm not a believer of the Dolphins either. I'm about as much a believer of the Dolphins as I am the 49ers at this point. Dave, Dave is confirmed so who, not a member of two and on. So, uh, no, I think so it's good who are back, your, but I just your, don't think there's a matchup right now, though. I don't, I haven't even thought about that, to be honest I, with I you. Mean, I'm too busy. I think the the obvious answer here is going to be Chiefs out of the AFC. I think that's who you're. Yeah, initial, Chiefs definitely. It's and I think the realistic <laughs> belief here is you got to have Chiefs Eagles. Like, I think, it's I, mean, I think that's where we're headed. I think we're headed for a rematch. 49ers could throw a wrench in that. Taylor Taylor Swift gets appearance of the Super Bowl. Halftime. I think the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. The Eagle and. I think the it most hilarious thing, the most hilarious thing I think I saw this weekend was all the other NFL teams attempt to do the tush push and can't do it. Nope. And so it's like you guys are furthering the likelihood that they do not ban this because if it's proven that it doesn't always work, they can't ban it. <clears throat> no, because it's not yep. too OP. It's too OP when you have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds behind a, the exactly. best, the best yeah. center like in the, the game right now. But, all right, well, here, here's my thing. They make it look like, so easy. But, so Jalen can squat 600 pounds. So why don't – I'm not going to use the Giants because the Giants' offensive line is ass. But why not put Saquon on a direct snap from the one? Same concept. You put why, your running back why on not? a direct snap. Why not? <laughs> I have well, no. For the, I have for the no, Giants' sake, their line is awful. <laughs> well, for one, also the other part is the Giants will never be on the one yard line because they can't get that close to the end zone. Exactly, uh, but like, <laughs> why not put the Eagles why not have put, a uh, So it's not like yeah, that's, a that's the other. That's the other part of it is it is center also makes a big part of that. Yeah, and despite <laughs> what what kind of remains funny here is that the. The poor call by the officials uh, in the Steelers-Rams game, which, for the record, shouldn't have mattered. It mattered, but shouldn't have mattered. Uh, because if the refs properly called the play before with the pass interference and being during the play, getting the first down, and then calling the dead ball taunting, it would have still been a Steelers first down. So, 
they you know they screwed up a different call first because they're not a taunting and after the play and pass interference are not offsetting penalties. So they're they're one than the other because one is during the play and one is after. But you know, besides that, I think you know Steelers were a team that was really good at QB sneaks too. But they just don't do it often enough. So I guess I mean Eagles do it at any chance they get. But other teams can't get it done. So I mean Well the Steelers are hardly three and one, fourth and one at the goal line too yeah, themselves. So But I I mean I, I don't have a problem with the brotherly shove, the tush push, whatever you want to call that play. I don't have a problem with it because I don't think it I think the competitive advantage is that you're just getting out like outlifted. I can't like, I don't see many teams succeeding with it besides the Eagles. Like the Eagles, it's almost a guarantee every time they run it. Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, I, feel I would like say like J- Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown is almost as as money as a CMC anytime touchdown and any right now because it seems anymore. like they just always get to if it's the, the two one. Three it's going to be a yeah. holy shove. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> which is crazy. Which is crazy to me because I mean. Every every week talking about the CNC touchdown, like every week I question, like should I do it, and just like get on the bandwagon, yeah. and literally if I had done it every day this every every game this year, I would have I would have hit, and I've thought about it every game. I'm like, I just maybe I just throw throw the money on just one play and it just ride it out every every game, but yeah. if my luck, I know it, it would have missed. No, I get I get it, and that's the thing. Like I'm you know I'm still. I'm gonna ride the CMC anytime touchdown this week again against the Bengals for sure. I like it. Just seems like oh yeah. I, like I almost just want to like every week parlay Jalen Hurts and CMC anytime touchdown because you know the CMC one's gonna hit every time and you know the Jalen Hurts one is gonna hit like ninety five percent of the time it feels like. So yeah. But with that being said, we got through we got through this episode pretty quick, guys. So. We didn't, we didn't try to do live tonight. We didn't try to do anything crazy. But we did make some good picks here. You know, go, just going back, our majority in college was Penn State minus 32, Ole Miss minus 24.5, UNC minus 11, JMU minus 20, and Oregon State money line. And then in the NFL, we had Bengals money line and Lions minus 8. We will, we will catch you guys again next week. All right. See ya. Thank you.